Whew, that was close. Penny tore her attention away from the vanishing villains and directed it at Art. He had collapsed into the seat across from her, and she could see his chest lift and fall with his breathing. His breath came in gasps, and he'd lost his elegant bowler hat somewhere back there in Whitechapel. She hoped one of those ragged, starved-looking children would sell it and buy food with the proceeds, although she feared any money garnered therefrom would probably go for some less savory purpose. Art looked not at all like a civilized British aristocrat at this moment. He looked like a man who'd just had to run for his life after saving hers in the foulest, most iniquitous den she hoped she'd ever have to see. His blonde hair tumbled about in a manner Penny had never seen on his usually well-groomed head. The sight of Arthur Collingsworth in a less-than-immaculate state thrilled her, unless it was her breathlessness making her light-headed. No, it was Art— this was an art who was new to her. This was the art her brother knew, the man who had traveled with Harry all over the world, endured the harshest of primitive conditions, trekked through perilous jungles over mountains into uncharted territories, and emerged undaunted. This was the art whom Penny would give her eye teeth for. His eyes sparkled like blue diamonds, and he looked as exhilarated as Penny herself felt. She was surprised but enchanted when he rested his head back against the carriage squabs and burst out laughing. She joined him because she was as elated as he. After she calmed down enough to wipe her streaming eyes and catch her breath, she clapped a hand to her bosom and cried, "'Oh, Art, you were wonderful!' He had to lean over, slap his knee, and hug himself before he was able to say, "'I was pretty wonderful, wasn't I? So were you!' Then he succumbed to laughter again. So did Penny. When she could speak, she said, "'Oh, but I was so frightened, Art. When I saw that big lug come into the room from behind that curtain, I almost died.' Art hauled out his handkerchief and wiped his eyes, then brushed his fingers through his tousled hair, messing it up even more and making Penny's heart do strange, unruly things. That's why I stood back there against the wall, because I could keep an eye on the whole room from that vantage point. I figured if anybody were to try anything untoward, he'd come through the door or through that curtain. Either way, I'd be able to get the drop on him. Penny felt her eyes open wide. You mean you expected something like that to happen? Art expelled a huge breath as if he only this minute dared to relax his guard. I considered it not unlikely. His voice sounded the tiniest bit sarcastic. Oh, my! She felt her heart race under her hand. Art's casual admission did nothing to make it slow down. I... I had no idea it would be so horrid, or that that woman would be a fraud. I know you didn't. That's why I wouldn't let you go in there alone. Alone? Good heavens! If she'd gone to that ghastly place alone... Penny couldn't bear to imagine what might have happened to her, why she could have been killed, or worse. The worse part made her shiver. It's all right, Penny. It all turned out all right. Art's voice caressed her overwrought senses like dark velvet and did much to soothe them. She looked over to find him smiling at her in a way no man had ever smiled at her before. Her nerves swooped and soared, alarming her. I wouldn't let anything happen to you, Penny. Th thank you. You're welcome. His grin could have cut through the shivery London fog outside the carriage. Although you were doing pretty well on your own, I must admit. 
Penny grinned back but couldn't quite make herself speak. She wasn't sure, but she had a feeling her breathless condition wasn't due to having run all the way from Madame Hecuba's place whilst being chased by a couple of ruffians with murder on their minds. Just looking at Art's face made her nerves tingle.